Demons are subject to us. Volume 3. Demons are what? Subject to us. Volume 3. Understand the nature of evil spirits. Receive deliverance and walk in dominion. Is it three? Is it, is it clear? It's a three-point objective. Three-point objective. Understand what? Number one. Understand what's the thing, first thing to understand? The nature of what? Evil spirits. If you understand the nature of your enemy, you're halfway through with, with victory, with a, you know, dominion. Are you following? Soldiers train ours with information of the nature of the enemy. <laughs> Are you following? Real military tactics, they study the nature of the enemy. You know when they killed um, Osama bin Laden? And they got, the CIA went to Pakistan, get an area photography of that property where he was, brought it to the United States, the U.S. military set up a replica of that property, that building, somewhere in the Midwest. Got the Navy SEAL to train on that crown. <laughs> That's what they do. The military is no joke. Okay? And after training, they knew the nature of the terrain. Then they shipped off. When the Israeli military went to Uganda, Operation Thunderbolt, and captured and took Israeli citizens that were held. Israeli engineers had built that airport years ago. What they did was to get the engineering firm and say, we need a plan. Gave them the plan. They sat down in Israel, studied the airport, the terrain. They got Idia means kind of car. They got the color. They got the color of his skin. Both the driver and the person, they dressed in his uniform. So when the Mercedes-Benz was coming, the soldiers on guard cleared the way for Idiami, not knowing that there was no Idiami. And because they knew the floor plan, all they needed to do when they arrived, they went straight, went through the compound, got into the exact hall, spoke Hebrew. And the enemies, the uh, Ugandan soldiers started shooting, they started gunning them one by one, and they got everybody out. One or two people, one woman was left behind, their commander was killed. That's it. But it was a successful operation. Why wouldn't Christians succeed in their operation? So, point number one understand the nature of demons. Amen? Receive deliverance. And do what? Walk in dominion. If you're ready, if I had time, mom and I would have gone over the same pattern we went over last week. You remember? Yeah. Because you can have redemption and not get into salvation. You can have deliverance and never get into freedom. Are you following? They're two different things. And you can have victory and never experience triumph and dominion. These three points, if you follow the objective where, that I'm using, you will get through them. Message number two, broken borders 
part two. Broken borders, part two. Now, I told you to invite people because what I'm going to do from this to tonight's message is to expose, to expose real practical things. From now on, the series is getting very practical. All I did the past two volumes is to set the theoretical, the biblical theory about demons. I will not be able to give every time, every, um, the needed amount of time, because this is session, because we should be living here in the next, at least within the next hour, we should be getting ready to walk out of here. So you know that the time will not be enough. So if you don't have this book, get a copy and follow me. If you have your own copy, follow with me when you go home before the next one. Go through. Are you following? Um, this is double for you. You have the book already. I, I published this book years ago, and it's around the world. Go and read the report on Amazon. Amen? You know what's going on there. So get your copy. If you have a copy, dust it. I know it's collected a lot of dust over the years. Dust it. People like Tsunami and Desiree marked their own. We're crazy. <laughs> so, so all they need is a refresher course on that. Amen? I, I, I traveled with them one day, and they were reading it in the plane. One of them slept. I took her own. I couldn't believe her. how far they marked it. And then I saw the other one, the same thing. I said, dear Lord. So, mark your own too. Amen? Amen. So, get your copy. Now, last several series, we've been talking about demons. Uh, we came to understand demons as disembodied, disembodied spirit persons. Also, that, that, that simply means persons without bodies. Is that correct? They are disembodied human or spirit persons. Otherwise, or also just simply persons without bodies. That sounds like contradiction. It's not. You don't have to have a body to be a person. Spirits are persons, and demons are spirits. But there are kinds of spirits, two ways you can describe their, them as spirits. Amen? Because there are other kinds of spirits. You have angels, angels, angelic spirits. You have the human spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. And then you have evil or unclean spirits, which is what demons are. So demons are evil or unclean spirits. They are evil because they are the foot soldiers to carry out Satan's program. And Satan's program is known as what? Evil or wickedness. Satan, his demons are his foot soldiers, his infantry. What's his air force? Anybody remembers? What's Satan's air force? Principalities and powers, fallen angels. Is that correct? And he has a navy, a navy, marine spirits. <laughs> so he has an army. <laughs> are you a following? Amen. Behemoth and um, what's the other spirit? Leviathan. They live in the water. That's Satan's navy. Are you following? All right. So demons have primarily, globally, just let's say globally, they are out there to subject human beings under a kind of spiritual bondage known as demonic bondage. Have you heard of the expression demonic bondage? Uh, whereby they, their primary target are human souls. They put them under and they got the license from the fall. At the fall, Adam gave their boss, Satan, the authority God had given him. 
And when Satan got that authority, he told to his forces, go and get human souls, subject them under my rule and reign. That's spiritual bondage. But the particular part that demons are responsible for is known as demonic bondage, whereby demons harass, afflict, torture, destroy human souls. That's essentially demonic bondage in a nutshell. They harass. Amen? Have you seen people who are harassed by demons? Sometimes when they wake up in the morning, it's like, why did I wake up? They torment them. They afflict them. Some of you here have gone through that. If you ever received deliverance, that's why you received deliverance. Are you following? They torment them with sicknesses, with misfortunes, with all kinds of things. With depression, all kinds of things. With bad habits, with addictions. With evil lifestyles so on and so forth. That we will deal under demonic bondage. Amen? And they are responsible for at least 98% of sicknesses. Did you hear me? That's what we call spirit of infirmity. The scientists have their germs. In the spirit realm, you have spirit of infirmity. That's a spiritual counterpart of germs, physical germs. Praise God. So, that's their function. But we also went on to study their habitat. Where do they reside? And we found out that God ordained that they reside only one place. What's that place? Abyss. Amen? The abyss. That's where God had planned that they would reside. That's their divinely ordained, uh, uh, what do you call it, habitat. But I tell you this, that's the last place they want to be. Are you all following? So because of that, they hate the, they even hate the fact that they are disembodied. They hate the fact that they have no bodies. That's a torment on them. And they come under that from the judgment that was upon the earth that was before this present earth. Remember? Huh? Part of the judgment was the stripping off of their body. And because of that, that's enough torment for them. And then when you send them back to the abyss, it's a nightmare. So because of that, they hate to be in the abyss. And there's no place they want to be that they hate to be than the abyss. They hate the abyss. But you know what? Whether they like it or not, they will end up in the abyss. But in the present time, it looks as if they have some leeway, some liberty to roam about. What's it? Apart from the abyss, what's the next place? They roam about the wilderness, the dry places. They don't like it, but they would rather be there than the abyss. Are you following? As they roam about in the wilderness, they are looking, panting like a rabid dog, looking for another place to get into. What is their desire to get some clothing on? So they pant and yearn. Can you imagine my picture, the picture God gave me? He said, God asked me one day when I was writing this book, I was pondering on that. God said to me, imagine you being in your home in a cold December night or February night. That's the coldest month usually. 
with nothing on because you are in your home. And somebody comes to your home in that condition, nothing on, drags you out on the street. And while you are trying to struggle, the door gets jammed. You're in the wilderness at that point. What do you want to do next? Huh? Go back inside, but the door is shut. Huh? You, you look for, no, you can't break the door down. This is metal door. Metal. Did you see some of the metal doors? You had nothing to break it down. Don't worry. So what, what, what's the next thing? Find anything they can. Oh my goodness. Abandoned cars. Any cat on the street. Dog. Object. They get into it. But that's plan B. They are still not satisfied. Because the cold temperature is still penetrating through the abandoned car. The cat has no jacket on. The wooden object is being dried up by the winter. The tree, the leaves are gone. What does it tell you? They're dead, at least for a time. So what do the demons do next? Uh, what do they do next? Uh, to the house. Where's the house? Exactly, the human body. And he finds a human body that's compromised, one way or the other. He doesn't ask for your permission. In fact, he thinks that's his house. And I say, what an audacity. You don't even get human tenants. After they're kicked out by their landlord, say they're going back to their house. They will tell you about their former house. End of story. Are you, are you all hearing me? And what is it about the human body? You know what? You know, I came to an understanding that demons appreciate, do appreciate the human body many times more than the human beings. You don't think so? When certain human beings appreciate their body, they will stop doing some of the things they're doing that weaken the defenses God has put around them. And for a believer, the value of the human body consists in the fact that that's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if, any, if there's anything the devil wants to do is to desecrate the temple of God. Am I speaking to anybody here? So we find out that God has built the human body. The human personality actually is what I, what I prefer to say. And surrounded us. Remember last week's message was a city with walls. Is that correct? So the human personality, we saw it from scripture, is a city with what? Walls. Surrounded by God. And what happens is this. Any breach on the integrity of the wall will weaken the wall and will create an opening for evil spirits to come in. Is that correct? Generally speaking, what could lead to breaches? I can give you a few suggestions. Breaches on the wall can come from lack of vigilance. Negative practices. Attitudes and actions. Sinful. And people think that it has to be so sinful for demons to come in. No, it doesn't have to be so sinful. People think the only people that should have demons are those who are into uh, uh, you know, adultery and fornication and bank robbery and uh, drunks. In fact, some people think you have to drink so bad that you have to be like that. Before, you know, if you're sitting in church... You have wrong attitudes toward one another. You are breaching your wall. If 
resentment, jealousy, anger, bitterness. Oh, we are going to come to those. A part of your life, even with praise worship on top of it. At least religious demons. You know there are religious demons? <laughs> I tell you, Satan used to organize worship in the first Eden. Before the Eden Adam was. He, he was go and read the book, the, 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 the prophecy of Isaiah. He organized worship. He was a very handsome man. Not bright. His name was Lucifer. Go and check what his name. Or he fell. God did not create a devil. He created Lucifer, who became the devil, the evil one. God never creates evil. Anyhow, so tonight, what we want to begin to look at quickly are the things that can bring breaches upon the wall that God has used to surround our human personalities. Amen? Last week we saw scriptures that where God says literally it's our responsibility to keep the wall in terms of you know, possess your body sanctification and what? Holiness. Who will possess it for you? You. Are you following? Amen? Amen. Possess your body. And then we saw some scriptures. Give me Ecclesiastes 10.8. Let's look at that scripture again quickly. Ecclesiastes 10.8, quick. Amen. Are you there? All right. On the board. Ecclesiastes 10.8. Part of what it says, it says, he that digs a pit, okay, shall what? Fall in it. Is that correct? Who will fall in the pit? He that digs it. It's a divine principle. Sometimes people do stuff. They think they are hurting others. Interpretation. You're hurting yourself. Are you all following? I wish people would realize that. But he moves on to say, he that does what? Breaks a wall. The serpent will do what? Bite. So, these breaches will break the wall. The wall of protection. Are you following? So, I'm going to begin with these breaches. But before I begin with them, with the first one, I'm going to let you know that these breaches that break the border... Here's what they are generally. They are attitudes, ungodly attitudes, unbiblical, hear me clearly, unbiblical what? Or ungodly what? Attitudes. That's where it starts. It's, things start with attitudes. You don't hear that in church today. People can go on with externals. But every problem starts with the attitude. And every good begins in the attitude. Are you following so I, I want this congregation to realize that attitudes are very important. The Bible goes first for your attitude. <laughs> Sometimes before you speak or act, your attitude does the job. And you can't speak well, you can't act well with a wrong attitude. It doesn't matter how you pretend. Because out of the abundance of the heart, attitude the mouth speaks and acts. <laughs> Praise God. So these are unbiblical, unscriptural, or ungodly attitudes, words, actions, or practices. 
these are the things that will breach the wall. Let me say that again. Ungodly what? Attitudes. Words. Actions. And practices. Every one of them I list. You will see that it's, either, it's an ungodly. It's first ungodly or unbiblical. And then the next thing you ask yourself. You have to figure out. It's either an attitude. Or words. Or actions. Or what? Practices. That's how practical things are. I'm a very practical person. I don't come to scripture or to teach God's people and I feel it like a blind man trying to find out where the chairs are. Is that you? No, 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 no. You have to be razor sharp. Look at scripture and look at what we are doing. Brethren, as Christians, we ought to know what is right and what is wrong. If you don't know, demons will tell you. No, seriously. You will find that when John go mature, no, no, go, no. I see people sometimes do crazy things. And they do it, and they are priding themselves in it. I say, dear Lord, help them see how they are building up demons against themselves. Because that's where it comes down to. Are you all following? Number one, the first breach, idolatry. Wow. Idolatry. Say, Pastor, where are we doing that? And I thought it was my grandfather's thing. No, it's not. Let me tell you, the idolatry of the past was a child's play. Idolatry is creeping on, and you see nothing yet till at the end of the age. Those of you who have been studying the book of Revelation with me, you, you, did you see that, right? That the idolatry at the close of the age will be unbelievable. <laughs> and it's waxing now. It's getting there. Whatever happens with our forefathers is nothing. Much of what we call religion, to Christianity today, or Christendom rather, a lot of idolatry in it. Many churches, many preachers are putting Christian artifices on top of idolatry. We are worshipping things, objects, and theories that have no place in the Bible. And be careful. Praise the Lord. How much you get involved in. Because the devil is a master tactician. Tactician. And statistician too. He's a master tactician. He knows that some of you were born and raised in Christian churches. So he repackages the thing. Where you were before, they were not saying praise the Lord. So you can pick idolatry up right away. But here... Wherever you are, and I read the same, praise the Lord. Underneath, there's some form of idolatry. So idolatry will breach the wall. And by that idolatry, I mean personal, ancestral, or generational exposure to or involvement in the worship of false gods. Can I say that again? Personal. Don't always blame, blame your forefathers. Remember I tell you, we always blame our forefathers, forefathers and foremothers. We never take responsibility for the things we are doing now. Everything we blame our forefathers, they have a part, but we have our own part too. You agree with me? All right. In fact, if God has to judge by standards, he will judge us more. Because a lot of them didn't have the light that we have. Am I right? 
I, I, I know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. My grandfather didn't know that much. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even my father didn't know that much about the Bible. I mean, he was intelligent. I mean, he knew other things. Thank God he got saved on the deathbed. So he didn't even have time. He studied, he read the Bible the much, but not as much as I know. So to whom much is given? God is a God of justice. Are you following? He gave us much. Poor grandfather, just keep blaming them. If they know what you, you know now, they will not have done a lot of things they did. So idolatry, by idolatry I mean personal and or ancestral or generational exposure to. Sometimes it's just exposure. Or involvement in the worship of what? Of what? False gods. False gods. Praise God. I say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. False gods are also known as idols. That's how we got the word idolatry. Now you say, okay, false gods. Is there a true God? There is a true God. Make no mistake about it. We have to be clear. How many of you are clear about that? That there is one God. Now because why I'm saying this to you is this. You're going to be in places when they ask you, you mean that, how about the other gods? And you start, oh, that's true. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. Oh, is it only Christians that, that whose gods are the right God? I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. And I stand by it. Listen, my forefathers had their own gods. And it's supposed to be my heritage. Is that not true? But I found the truth. I'm not. And African traditional religion has no true God. If that's the only thing that will make me un-African, I'm ready to go. And European traditional religion has no true God. Asian traditional religion has no true God. There's one true God. Yeah? And he's called the God of Israel. I have no problem with that. So what? But he's the God of the universe also. So let's not go into all this. Why are you worshiping another man's God? He's a white man's God. It's not true. He's the Lord God. Stop the politics of tribalism and all that. I'm not interested. I know what he did for me. Without him, I wouldn't be here today. Are you following? Glenn, where's your Bible? Okay, carry it and no sleeping. This is serious. If your Bible is a cell phone, open it. No sleeping. This is a dangerous situation. Listen, you can't sleep in a battlefield. Wake up. Catch some sleep, y'all, when you can. Not now. Amen? You don't sleep in my class. Kick you out. Amen? Praise God. Open your Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm coming. You have to know these scriptures by now. You are available. That's a good point. But you have to be good with your availability. Are you all listening? So that you don't go out of it. Oh, you mean the other people, oh, we end up in hell? That's not what. Listen, 
there is one true God. Can we end it there? And every person here has to know that so clearly. I mean, if today is Thursday, it's Thursday all day. Did you hear me? It's today Thursday. Then it's Thursday all day. Until 12 midnight. Jehovah is the true God. From age to age. Nothing changes it. Praise the Lord. And you know what? Come on, come on. Can you clap for him? Hallelujah. Amen. And also, along with that truth, that's foundational biblical truth, along with that truth is that he has one Messiah. Not two. And that Messiah is who? Jesus of Nazareth. I say, and this is the way you begin to call him. There's a lot of people who don't, if you call Jesus, if, so many people who don't believe will say, we go on with you. No. Jesus of what? Nazareth. That's where he begins. He gets the devil mad. Jesus of where? Nazareth. I know he's the Christ. But don't go there first. Begin, and that's the miracle. The miracle is that a man from Nazareth was exalted by God to be the Christ. That's what makes it. Can we clap for God? Amen. Praise the Lord. These are fundamental truths. I tell you this. Fundamental truths are disappearing from the church. Muslims are now preaching. And their targets are majority of Christians because they know that Christians are anemic when it comes to truth. Let's look at some real fundamental things. And if you set these things aside, demons will run you out of town. Are you all hearing me? Praise the Lord. Let's look at some of them. Amen? So that's idolatry right there. And so, so idolatry involves the rejection of Jehovah as true God. Deliberate, intentional or unintentional for some people who delve into it. Are you all listening to me? Idolatry does what? Rejects Jehovah as the true God and Jesus as the Messiah. There are other things it rejects. We'll look at them quickly. Are you all following? It rejects those two persons and denies their claims. Amen. Let me give you a testimony. Years ago, I never met this lady till today. She was problem. She was having problem with conceiving. Um, a Christian minister who knew me and my ministry. This was years ago. Told him about. Told her about me. And gave her a copy of Demons Are Subject to Us. The lady started reading it, and called me and said, "I have this problem. I have this my." My uncle gave me your book. I'm reading. I said, go ahead, read. When you finish, call me. So as she was reading it, she kept reading it. When she got to the, the subject of broken borders, and she started reading how demons can come in, number one, idolatry. She was in her room. You had, some of you have had this testimony. She was in her room alone. And she, because of infertility, she lost the first marriage. And I married again. After about five years, six years, no child, she called me. And she, so we talked, and she started reading. When she got here, and reading about idolatry.
and how it can breach the wall. At a point, she started feeling hot in her body as she was reading. She went up to the thermostat. Thermostat was okay. She came back reading. She kept feeling hot in her body. Her body started burning. She went off and took off her sweater. Came back, it was still burning. Took off the blouse. This was her testimony. She wrote it in one of our, uh, the brochure we use for our 10th anniversary. The testimony is there. It was still burning. She said, man of God, I took off everything. Nobody home but me. I was still burning. At the time, I started coughing. I started sneezing. I said, to be honest with you, I, sorry, this may sound vulgar. So I started peeing. Why? She said, when you were, the way you were describing idolatry, I had problem because my father is a native, strong, serious native doctor. A babalawo, obia man. I said, my other sister also having the same struggle. Said, Our only brother died of mental disorder. Idolatry is wicked. And you follow your family to the fourth generation. Unless you trace and lay hold of Jesus Christ. I am not kidding. Idolatry is evil. It's a sin that visits the descendants of those who worship you. But thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. You guys have no idea what God did by sending Jesus. Because today, you can say to the devil, shut up. Without Jesus, the devil will lay hold. Idolatry alone can lay hold on that and you can go forward <laughs> in your life. But because of Jesus and the cross, Praise the Lord. I'm telling you the truth. So, I said, okay, don't worry about it. She, they told, the day she called me, I prayed for her. I got her to renounce and denounce the idolatry. She did. In less than six months, she was pregnant. <laughs> In less than six months, she was pregnant. And she carried a pregnancy about a few months after they found out it was ectopic. It was the eve of my trip. To my, I think my second trip to Aruba. She called me crying. You know what that means. She's going to lose that tube. So she now has one tube for the rest of her life. I said, do not worry. You will be pregnant again. Just the Lord. I said, I'm coming back on Saturday. Call me. She called me. When I came back, I prayed for her. The year after she got pregnant. I said, you are going to call me once a week and we will pray, you will deliver. She did that. The last day we prayed for her was going to Montefiore to see brother. Remember, how many of you remember that brother who had bears who used to worship with us? When he was in coma, dead coma. I went there and he came out of that coma. I was walking, Pastor Brother Chris. What a sharp this night. I was walking to Brother Chris room. He she called, crying. They, they said they will open me up to get the baby out. My doctor said he has to do it because he's going on vacation. I said that's no problem. See, and, 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 and you have to be careful about what matters. 
Let me tell you, if you have a child by C-section, you're not a half woman. You have to reject what people think and what people say. You have to thank God for some technologies. Are you hearing me? Oh my God. Is somebody on tube is gone? I say, nay. Listen to them. Is that what they want to do? I'm not going to debate with them. All I want is you and baby out. She did. She got a baby. I've not set my eyes to help him now. This is over 10 years now. The next year, after, I told her you have to bring the baby. She never did. I'm not going to fire that. 10 lepers, remember them? Yeah. If you know scripture, you will live long. But people will do things that will drive you nuts. Next year, she called me and said, man of God, or two years after, I have my second son. From zero. You must have had about five or six by now. I lost contact with her. Are you all following what I'm saying? And I can go on, I can go on, I can go on tonight. But thank God who has given us the victory. So idolatry is evil. Are you hearing me? So rejection of God's claim as a true God. And Jesus' claim as the Messiah and the one way to God. Are you all following? All right. Now, idolatry, the easiest way of getting involved in idolatry is by being involved with non-Christian religions. Let me tell, say this clearly, and I will defend it anywhere. Every non-Christian religion is idolatrous. Worships false gods. Is that clear enough? Now, I can pause here and ask me, Pastor, what have this? I'm ready. You have any objection to that? Okay. And I want you to understand too that there are cults. Another way is involvement in what? Cults. Now, there are cults that are known as cults of Christendom. And I'll tell you why they get involved in idolatry. They may believe in Jehovah. They may believe in Jesus, but it depends on what they believe. But they don't believe in the basic biblical tenets of Christianity. Some of which I will read tonight. Are you following? Okay? Every believer ought to know these things. There are people who sit in churches who don't believe in Jesus. I had an experience short before we moved here in the other place. You know the person I'm not going to call names. It will come, when I call for what I call, he's the best person to come. And he has always had problem with staying. And that's part of the problem. There's nothing wrong with TLC. What is wrong with TLC? Because they're struggling with demons. And demons manifest in many ways. Sometimes demons are so religious that they can even get anything they want unless you know to shut them down. So one day he came to me. He said, pray for me. I had a bad dream. It's okay. What happened? Your bad dream. Are you all listening? This is to let you know what's going on. Okay? Not everybody who sits in church has believed. And if you're doing ministry, you can't go far with people who have not believed in what your ministry. I am not a religious minister. I am a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not even an inspirational speaker. If I inspire you and motivate you by speaking about Christ, thank you, Jesus. But that's not, are you all following? And sometimes we're speaking the truth. Some people who don't get motivated, they'll get hot. They'll get offended. But if you tell them, God is going to meet you at your point of need tonight, then everybody gets motivated. But if you tell them, denounce idolatry. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this guy came up to me. I had a dream, blah, blah, blah. That's okay. I saw the nature of the dream. He said, you know, somebody warned me in that dream and said, you must do this, you did this to us, da, da, da. I say, is that true? He said, um, I say, if he doesn't have anything on you, if you don't have a part with them, they won't tell you that. All right? It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I won't pray for you now. Go home and think. If you have any of their thing, you have to give it them back to them and come back. Am I right? He came back next Sunday and came out again. I said, are you <laughs> They would drive you nuts. People want you to do what they want. If you don't do it, you become a bad pastor. As long as you go ahead with them, everything is all right. I said, okay, did you do what we did? We had said to do. He said, before you said that, you know, they came back, the person said the worst thing to me. I said, see, everything is right. Now, I have questions for you. I said, before I pray for you, we have to clear some issues. Are you ready? He said, yes, I'm ready. I say, you believe that Jehovah is the true God? I say, what's that? I'm just serious. Why are we wasting time? And I finished service. I ought to go and drink water and sit down. And then you came and I allowed you. And then you have your own standards. That's what we know what I call to preach, to pat you on the back. To go back, I say, I want yes or no. Mm, 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 mm. You didn't answer that. I say, is, Je- <laughs> is Jesus the Messiah and the only way to God? That's where we lost it. Have you heard of the pattern of the waves that it became there? I was doing that. I say, I'm not asking for body motion. You want me to pray for you? Answer me. And this person wants to minister, do some ministry in church. Let's bring Christianity back to basis. A lot of people join church. They never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. They don't know who he is. They don't respect him that this is his church. But they want to have their way. They have their religions wherever they are. Or wherever they come from. But you won't go forward until you deal with this. He is the stumbling block. If it's not sorted out, nothing happens. Have you noticed that the temple, the tabernacle of Moses, when you walk into the court, the first thing you meet, what is it? Anybody knows? Huh? No, the ark is the last. The outer court, in terms of specific structure, what's the first thing there? 
Okay, something we did years ago. The first thing you meet is the altar of burnt sacrifice. That's the very first thing you meet. After that is a basin of water. Oh, come on, how did I get into this? After that is the holy place. Table of showbread. Uh, the candle six. All right? The altar of incense. Then after that is the holiest of holies, where you have the ark. Amen? The ark is the only thing there. So the first thing you meet is Christ and him crucified. That's what that altar represents. If it's not sorted out, you're not going further. If you're sitting here, you've not met Jesus Christ. Demons have legal authority to trouble you. Membership in TLC will not save you. Unless you come and have that encounter with Jesus Christ. Am I clear enough? Okay. Then, TLC will give you what he has. But if you come here, and you have not sorted that out. So, my guy left, never came back. The last time I had, he was going to report me to some minister. I've been waiting for a phone call. I never got one. I look for my text all the day to check one. <laughs> so if you hear sometimes that I'm a bad person, that's some of the badness. So, no, seriously, because you have to be honest with people. And you don't, you're not entitled for deliverance. If that is not sorted out, because they will come right back. Let me tell you, demons know when they are not needed anymore. Let me give you a picture. Amen? <laughs> the minister of deliverance is like, the minister of deliverance is like the, the, what do you call them? The people who get people out of buildings. The marshal. The marshal. Amen? If marshal comes and your lease is still intact, he can't get you out. But the moment your lease is torn, on your going, that Masha can carry you here and go. So if you don't tear the lease by accepting Jesus and denouncing idolatry, demons aren't going anywhere. Otherwise, everybody will be sweating and say, wow, this is tough. It's not tough. It's because the lease has not been torn. I don't know if Sanami uh, and Desmond remember one case in St. Martin's. We did from about, I finished the message about 11 o'clock. We were on with this girl about 2 o'clock in the morning. Until we, I paused them, I said, everybody sit down. Let's find out what's going on. We found out that the girl was not just, she was dedicated. Remember that girl? I had to change her name that night after the deliverance service was over. He has some crazy demonic name. Yes. I changed her name. I forgot what I called her. Deborah. I gave her the name Deborah. We had one in Nigeria. That if there was any day I was tired ministering to people, it was that night. <laughs> because I feel it, the temperature was, <laughs> if anything, was 200 degrees. <laughs> Before we started, I told them, <laughs> I said, I'm tired tonight. I never heard myself say that. And when we finished, the message. I, I got energy as I was teaching. When I say something, if you hear their amen, you would think that you're in a national stadium. 
So I, <laughs> I'm telling you, those people don't have to shout amen. When I say something, they shout amen. My strength came up. <laughs> so at the end, it was time to deliver. Everybody wanted deliverance. My goodness. Those two of them were acting out bad. After I finished everybody, I prayed for everybody. Then I sat down and rested. They were struggling with her. I came there and said, stop. Stop. Her name is Fejiro. Is that correct? They repeat after me. After she denounced all those things. I said, where is our car? Where is our transportation? I'm out. I was. So people cannot hug what they like and come to God and want God to deliver them from them. David said to God, I hate what you hate. And that's the beginning of deliverance. Praise the Lord. Do I not hate what you hate, O oh Lord? If you like what God hates, that's no deliverance for you. God hates idolatry. God hates anybody who rejects his son. Praise God. Let's look at some scriptures and we pray. Praise God. Are we ready here? All right, let's look at some scriptures. Oh, before we look at some scriptures, let me run down some of the things so you go home with this. Some of the things that you show you idolatry, that will show you that people are rejecting Jehovah and Jesus. Listen to this. Number one, the tenets of Christianity that idolatry and cults reject include one, the trinity of the Godhead. Any individual or group of people who has problem with the Trinity? Are you all following? Something wrong there. There's some measure of idolatry. Yeah. Number two, uh, Christianity believes in the Trinity of the Godhead, so it's biblical. Number two, Christianity believes in the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not just man. He is God. That's the deity of Jesus. He's not half man, half God. He's fully God, fully man. Amen? Number three, the virgin birth. If anybody begins to entertain the fact that Jesus was not born by a virgin, and guess who had the biggest problem with that? Muslims. Islam. Are you following? The virgin birth is a biblical tenet of Christianity. Any rejection of it is a sign of idolatry. Amen? The atoning death of Jesus if people ever question whether Jesus really died on the cross, many cults don't accept that. They will tell you that the disciples of Jesus stole him by night. So we tell you that he didn't really die. And some tell you he died in the spirit and not in the flesh. Or some say he died in the flesh and not in the spirit. All those are complicated ways of rejecting the truth. And there's a spirit of idolatry there. Are you all following? What number did I say? Number five, another tenet of Christianity that can be questioned that show you that idolatry and cultism there is the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Jesus resurrected completely from the dead. And the believer will resurrect at the end of the age. Any question about this is indicative of a spirit of idolatry. Are you all following? Number seven now. Or six now? Oh, I miscounted then. Oh, yeah, I miscounted. Okay. So we, uh, this should be six now. Is that correct? Okay. 
Salvation by grace and not by works. That's a tenant of Christianity. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a tenant of what? Christianity. And any rejection of it is indicative of what? Idolatry. Number seven. The ascension and present exaltation of Jesus. Did Jesus ascend? Is he exalted today? Crowned king? Many people reject it and it's indicative that they are into idolatry and members of cults. And they are candidates for demon, demonic bondage. Number what? Eight, parousia. Parousia means the future personal return of Jesus. A, any questioning of that is indicative of idolatry. Amen? Is that clear? Let's look at one or two scriptures. So when people be, don't believe any of these things, there is a problem. Amen? All right, but let, let's look at one or two scriptures about what God says about himself. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look at one or two scriptures. Uh, we look at Isaiah 45, quickly. Isaiah, the 45th chapter. We'll do more of the scriptures next week. And then we'll do some more work there. Isaiah 45. Are you there? Here's what it says. Verse 5. Go to verse 5. I am the Lord. That's Jehovah himself. And there is no other. Beside me, there is no God. Amen. I will guide you, and though you have not known me, and so on and so forth. Let's go down to verse did you see how clear that was? 21. Go to verse 21. 21. Amen. Declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together. Who has announced from of old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I, the Lord? Amen. And there is no other God besides me. A righteous God and a Savior. Amen. You believe that? There is none except me. Is that emphatic enough? Amen. So if you go contrary to this, you're, you're up against the wall. Amen. Turn to me and be saved, all ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Listen to this. This will ring a bell to you. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness. And will not turn back, that to me every knee will bow, and every tongue will swear allegiance. Amen. Does that ring a bell? That's the same thing that was said about the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, and I, I wouldn't go too much into that. Go to Isaiah 43, two chapters before. Isaiah 43, verse 11. 43, 11. Here's what it says. I am, I, even I am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. Did you hear that? Deuteronomy 6, 4. I can say that up by It says, Moses was declaring, amen? Hallelujah. 
The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Meaning one God. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Yahweh. Praise the Lord. Now, this is what the centerpiece of the confession of biblical Judaism. Amen? Deuteronomy 6.4 is known as Shema Israel. The Lord is our God. Yahweh Elohenu. Hmm? Yahweh Ehad is one. There is no more than one God. Amen? Jeremiah 10. <laughs> Let's take Jeremiah 10. I will close on that maybe. I will return. Jeremiah 10. I like this one. I like this scripture. love it. Jeremiah 10, 11. And now at this point, he gets upset. He gets real angry. And he says something beyond declaring himself. 10, 11. Here's what Jehovah said. First, you shall say to them. Oh, okay. Let, let's actually start from. I, actually, this is very interesting scripture. Amen? Here's what it says. Um, verse 6. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. Amen? Who would not fear you? Fear, there is the word for worship or reverence. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdom, there is none like you. But they are altogether stupid and foolish. <laughs> in their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Did you notice that? It's coming real graphic here. Beaten silver is brought from Tashis. Aha. Uh-huh. Does that show you something? And gold from Ophaz. The work of a craftsman and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. Who is he addressing here? Idols. Amen? But the Lord is a true God. Can we stand? This is going to be a, more of a declaration now. Come on. Hallelujah. Anything I say or that opposes the, the, the Godhead, you have to scream a loud amen. Amen? But the Lord is a true God. He is the living God. And the everlasting King. At his wrath. The earth, the earth quakes. I didn't hear an amen. amen. And the nations cannot endure his indignation. Amen. Listen. First you shall say to them. Where are they them? The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth. Perish from the earth. And from under the heavens. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just began to touch the surface. We've not even told you how demons use these opportunities. But we are going to continue next week. 